What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a different setup today, but we still got the show right, and I've got my guy Wayne with me. And we're going to be talking to 49ers quarterbacks today. All after this. Let's go get him! Let's go get him today, man! Let's go! Hey, double down three! One, two, What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the program. And as you can see, I'm on my phone today because I am at the airport. But nonetheless, show must continue. I've got my guy waiting with me. Hi, hi, how's it doing, man? What's going on, bro? Uh, things are going well. Uh, just did a show earlier with John. I'm glad to be rocking out with you. New news, new things to talk about. Let's have some fun. I mean, you said it. So let's start there. New news. I mean, the 49ers are just prone to quarterback talk over and over again. You, I mean... We heard last week, obviously, all the Brock Purdy, Trey Lance talk, where we heard from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan how Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse, but Kyle Shanahan was blunt. He said, guess what? The 49ers, I mean, uh, we don't know when Brock's coming back. We'll figure it out in three months, but it could be any time from week one to week four, indicating the 49ers likely start the season with another person at quarterback. Now, today we heard some other news. Let's quickly go back to last week. What did you initially, like, what, what was your takeaway coming out of the weekend based on what they said? I mean, uh, the first thing was, uh, I guess, Mike Florio, you know, was talking about what he heard at the Combine. And, you know, he heard it through Big Bird, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, 49ers uh, were possibly in the likes of trading for quarterback Kirk Cousins. Now, we know the this affinity that Kyle Shanahan has for Kirk, Kirk Cousins, man. That, that's like a Kyle's guy. I mean, if you go all the way back to the Washington at that time when they were the Washington Redskins, uh, which they're now the Washington Commanders, if you go back to that time when his father was the coach, I mean, dude, like they had, they drafted RG3, they drafted Kirk Cousins in the same draft. Uh, you know, Kyle's playing for RG3. He ends up getting hurt. Kirk Cousins comes in and then, bam, like there's their story. And so, Wherever Kirk Cousins go and wherever there's a Kyle Shanahan, there's a connection type of a story going on. So, you know, we can't have a season without having the Kirk Cousins, the San Francisco talk. <laughs> so that's what's going I mean, down right now. You're not wrong. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, uh, you're right. I mean, Kirk Cousins was this guy back in uh, when they were in Washington together. He's been connected for a while. You talked about 2018 when the 49ers were going to go get Kirk Cousins in free agency. Essentially traded for Jimmy Garoppolo instead, and that that was their guy. And then uh, now, again, rumors are coming up. 
Now, obviously, with Kirk Cousins, there are some obstacles. Before that, we also heard another name, and that was Aaron Rodgers. Um, there was a FS1, Fox Sports 1 talk show host today saying, the 49ers are ready to pursue Aaron Rodgers if the New York Jets deal falls through. What do you think about that? It's, it, I, I, I need to know this 49ers source that he's talking about. Like, which 49ers is he talking about? Is he talking about a different type of 49ers? I'm just curious. Uh, but li- listen, uh, the 49ers are currently in win-now mode. These, these rumors are going to come out and play so that they can just stay ahead of the curve with everything that's going on. I mean, last week was at the, the owners' meetings. Everything was about, you know, how's Brock Purdy? When is he going to recover? What are you doing with Trey Lance? What are you doing with Sam Darnold? There's going to be a quarterback competition. We believe in this guy. We believe in this guy. We believe in that guy. Boom. Now that that's over with, the owners' meetings are done, now you're getting this extra information about, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is available, hey, let's possibly go at him. Let's see what it's going to cost. Now, rumor that I heard today from the report that I listened to uh, from the Carton show, all right, it's going to cost the 49ers a couple of threes and possibly, uh, you know, a first-round pick next year uh, to make this trade for Aaron Rodgers. So (laughs) why would the 49ers do this? Only because they're trying to sign, seal, and deliver a Super Bowl. It it would be the the only thing that would make sense. I don't disagree if the 49ers are willing to do something like this, I mean, listen, they're in win now mode, Rohan. And then, so it's like, yeah, we could try to develop Trey. We could try to wait on Brock to see what he's going to be like when he comes back for injury. We could put our kit in Caboodle and Sam Darnold, who hasn't won much of anything in the NFL. Or we can go get a former MVP champion. And so I don't know. It, it's weird to talk about it. We know Kirk, uh, Aaron Rodgers said he didn't want to come to San Francisco. He despises san francisco i'm gonna say that's bs so we'll see how it's gonna pan out as of right now it's a rumor and that's how i'm looking at it right and i mean the headline obviously made it feel like it was a somewhat of a kind of a known that it was happening but uh overall i mean it's an interesting situation it has been for a while 49ers have had the option before haven't gone for it and when you talk about Aaron Rodgers and his specific case, I mean, like, there's clear upside. The only issue, obviously, is Rodgers specifically said 90% chance I was going to retire this offseason before coming back, indicating it might be one of his last years with the uh, with, with, with the NFL. And the 49ers obviously provide him the chance to win a Super Bowl. But the thing is, you're giving up a first-round pick next year when he might not play for you next year, which is a huge deal. I think for the 49ers. And I think the other thing that I, I, I got to talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll set contract aside because that's, that's a huge another conversation. But for now, the New York Jets, the deal that they are looking forward to reportedly does not involve first round compensation. They are right. not willing to part ways with the number 13 pick instead wanting to part ways with two third round or two second round picks. And so it, it, it's again, where, where does the compensation lie? Do the 49ers want to give up a, first round pick next year when they hadn't had first round pick this year either or the year before that's the situation that they're they're dealt with understanding Rodgers might likely be a one-year solution to the problem yeah I mean when you think about the compensation I mean what is there really to think about I mean the 49ers are contending for a championship so if it's a first round pick next year it's probably going to be pick 32 which is essentially a second round pick and at the forty, the way the 49ers bank accounts are set up, they probably don't want any more first round picks 
you know, where they have to spend this you know, a certain amount of money, man. If they they could bank on these third round picks and 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 you know save some money on, for the, under the cap, you know, and keep guys under that top fifty one number while they're currently paying those guys uh, over that top fifty one number. I mean, that's something that the 49ers may be looking into. And again, is it a band aid? No, it would be essentially that they're going all the freak in, it, it, like all the way in, like all of it. Like, listen, man, here's our kick. And, and here's our bet. We're going to go. We're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, it might essentially, we may give up a player. We may not. I don't even think uh, in that package you have to give up a Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance can benefit from being under, and I know it's crazy because we say he needs the reps, but then it could be that one more year where he just benefits. And it doesn't hurt the 49ers because next year Trey Lance isn't going to cost the 49ers to be into his fourth year. It won't cost the 49ers much. Brock will be going into his third year. It's not costing the 49ers. The 49ers still could continue, right, to be in that quarterback savvy type of room where they're spending the kit and caboodle all, you know, on a on a guy like Aaron Rodgers for that this particular one year. And I'm sure he'll come here and then you'll see what happens next year. I mean, God forbid you win a championship. Aaron Rodgers win a championship. I don't think he's gonna walk off into the sunset. He has this this gene where he wants to play. Now that is when it may hurt. Uh, a Trey Lance or things like that. But it's, I mean, if you ask any type of 49er, if you're a 49er fan, like, do you believe that Trey Lance, and I, I really feel like Trey Lance will give us a shot to win. That's not a problem. But are the chances greater with an Aaron Rodgers? Are the chances greater with the Trey Lance? Are the chances greater with an Aaron Rodgers? Are the chances greater with the Sam Darnold? Are the chances greater with the Aaron Rodgers? Or are the chances greater with a Brock Purdy? And so, like, there's a lot of unknowns, but what we do know from Aaron Rodgers is you give him a team, you give him some protection. He's a damn near MVP. Like, like, like that's what he is. He's MVP without a team and protection. So imagine Aaron Rodgers here with Brandon Ayuk, with a Debo Samuel, with a Christian McCaffrey, with Trent Williams blocking form, with just a mat, and then a, and then the number one defense. I mean, it's cheating to me. Let me let me ask you this now, because you just shared obviously the clear argument for Aaron Rodgers, but I want to straight up ask you, do you think he's better than any of the options the Fortnite have on their roster right now? Because people have made the argument that quarterbacks like Brock Purdy or even Trey Lance might be better than some established quarterbacks right now or could be better or they'd rather roll with them. Would you do that? If you had the chance specifically for one year to win a Super Bowl, would you roll with one of your younger guys or do you roll with Aaron Rodgers? with the implications out of the way. I mean, the only reason why people don't like Aaron Rodgers is because the off-the-field antics that he brings. But when he plays football, no one's complaining about him because he's always in contention for, like, some type of MVP race. Doesn't matter if he has Devontae Adams. Doesn't matter if he doesn't. Like, he's always going to be that guy. To say that our quarterbacks that we have on our current roster are better than Aaron Rodgers, yeah, mentally they are. But physically and and, and performing-wise, they're not. And I know Brock Purdy had a tremendous season last year, but again... He's coming back off of an injury, a football injury that can be nagging to him all season long. We don't even know what that's going to be like. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Do I make this trade? I do, because last year we said F them picks. So why do we care about picks? We're going to have plenty. Of, uh, we're going to have a plethora of picks anyway. Does the first round pick really matter that much to the 49ers? That's the question, because if you're drafting 30, 31, 32, I mean, essentially, you're back in that second round. And I could see the 49ers, even if they have that first round pick, Rohan, trade down. So 
why trade down when you can go ahead and get an MVP type of caliber quarterback? Now, what you're going to get with Aaron Rodgers is all the bull crap. And that is why people probably want to stay away. But again, during the football season, I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, they have a, a, a special relationship, right? It's one of those like, you know, I'm going to break up. But you know what? It's probably better if I stay because, you know, when we are good, we're good. Uh, oh, I hate you today. We're going to break up again. It's one of them weird type of relationships. Unfortunately, I'm hoping Green Bay is just like this is the last was the last breakup and they're just going to relieve them. But they're, look at what Green Bay is doing. They're not just letting him go for for pennies. They're not just letting him go because they he feel they feel like he's a cancer in the locker room. He's not. Apparently, he's not. They know the value that Aaron Rodgers brings. They will be a better team. Are they all in on Jordan Love this year? Hell no. They will be, but I don't think they're all in. If Aaron Rodgers and that that you know Green Bay package are out there in Wisconsin, if they if they had you know fixed their ties and and patched up some stuff, there's no way they want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play there, so that's what makes things a little bit more interesting. Right, and you talk about Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers, and you talked about how he, I mean, immediately he died. I think it's its funny because a lot of people have an affinity towards either Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, and sometimes that, uh, that, that puts them kind of with the blinders on because if you're talking about whether you want Aaron Rodgers or one of those two to start in 2023, the guy who has the best chance to get you to the Super Bowl by far is Aaron Rodgers. He's the proven commodity. Now, is that the right move for the organization to do? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Even if it's Kirk Cousins, we'll get into that. But the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if you get him, he's, like uh, like the reporter said, the clear Super Bowl contender. The only question is, how do you get him? But speaking on Aaron Rodgers a little more, one thing I am interested in, in that I don't think is talked too much about, Matt LaFleur runs a similar system to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers has publicly expressed the dislike for the system. He doesn't like to be confined, not confined necessarily, but in a way confined to that system, which Kyle Shanahan has a tendency to kind of have quarterbacks operate his system. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be willing to do that? Because if he is, here's kind of my take on it. I think if Aaron Rodgers is willing to operate within the confines of the system, his team is better. I think his team is better. Now, I think that Aaron Rodgers provides this additional element to where he also can elevate the team on his own. Absolutely. That's who Aaron Rodgers is. But if Aaron Rodgers operates in Kyle Shanahan's system with Kyle Shanahan at the helm, I think the 49ers, I think the 49ers are the favorites. It, it, but the question is, does he? What's your take on it? Yeah, that's a great question, Rohan, because it's like, dang, man, it's going to be, a, a you know, with the lack of terms, a pissing contest because you have the egotistical Kyle Shanahan and then you have the arrogant, egotistical quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And you're asking a veteran to come in here and be puppeted. And that's not going to happen. And we know that's not going to happen because it's it. I, I think the. <laughs> I think there were more – You we, we say that Aaron Rodgers didn't like the system uh, with that Matt LaFleur ran, but I think it was a lot more to that. It was the simple fact that Aaron, to me, 
it was a personal vendetta. They fe- he felt like they were going to move on from him because they drafted Jordan Love in that draft. Not only did they draft him, they traded up to get him. So that that made it even more like, oh, you ready to move on from me? And it's funny because after they did it, he put up an MVP season. So I think there was really some bad ties there. But no one was complaining about Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams the year before he left. They, they it, it, it was correct. Didn't he win MVP that year? Like. I, I I don't remember off the top of my head, but he had a crazy yeah. phenomenal yeah. year. So as much as he complained, he still performed. He outperformed. Here's my issue, though. I, I did a show about Kyle Shanahan the other day on Monday, and it's like, damn, Kyle, at some point, like, you're just going to have to, like, you know, I know your plays work. We understand that. But when does Kyle, like, literally trust his players. Now, I will say this: I don't think any of the quarterbacks that we have or had have had under the Kyle Shanahan regime, he's like trusted. I don't think he has. He'll get an Aaron Rodgers, and he trusts that Aaron will make the right decision. And I think when you have that trust in the quarterback, yeah, I need you to run these system plays. These plays are going to be open, no doubt. And I think Aaron won't have a problem doing it. But when those plays break down and Aaron has to ad-lib, sort of kind of like what we watch Patrick Mahomes do out in Kansas City, I think Kyle's going to be just fine if he doesn't throw the ball exactly where he was supposed to throw the ball, but he still made a play. Because you got to trust the veteran and his instincts because he's seen a lot of football. It's almost like you bring in Tom Brady. You got to just trust that he just he's seen everything. The issue, with, the issue with Tom Brady would be, I think the game is sped up too much for him and he's not processing the game as fast Aaron hasn't lost that step yet and so that would be the difference uh in the in those two quarterbacks even though I know we're not talking about Tom but uh and I mean when you talk about Rodgers I I think I do agree in that you he's the guy who Kyle Shanahan out of the quarterbacks he had with San Francisco would most by far clearly trust to run his system and clearly trust in the in the in the context of his offense and the other thing is I think Rodgers wants the deep shots Green Bay system is more so dependent on their running back style, and that that creates this RPO level system. And so that's where you have more screen passes, more of these different decisions like that, and it might create for a more complex offense. Kyle Shanahan's system with Aaron Rodgers, you have more of a play action kind of uh, kind of uh, outlook, and you can create more downfield shots, which I think Aaron Rodgers is looking to take. Which is what Kyle Shanahan is always essentially trying to set up. It's not the ground and pound like the Aaron Jones and 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 their other running back. It's not that. It's it's a different type. Yeah, we we want to run the ball successfully, but it's a more outside zone, uh, some inside zone, some trap plays, things like that to set up for the outside. But when you have an Aaron Rodgers and and you know you can successfully trust that he's going to get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker than everybody else. He he understands, he feels the game a little bit differently. I mean, it's, to me, it's just a no-brainer. If Aaron Rodgers became available and he wanted to play for San Francisco and they could find a way to financially make it work, uh, I think it's a no-brainer. And then you worry about the future later. But I think you, you, you know, you, you, you go all in and, and you pr- try to get him if you can. And again, this comes down to the stipulation that the Jets are going to be all out. They're not going to – it's going to fold. So the 49ers are probably not, from what we heard, aren't going to kick the tread on the tires until something goes down with the New York football Jets. So, And that could be, you know, Rohan, now that we're sitting here having this conversation because I didn't think about that, that could be out of respect 
for Coach Salah. Like, you know what I mean? You know what? Now, if Salah, if they back out and, and things like that don't work out, then the big boys will step in. We'll see what happens. And you talked about, I mean, like some of the reasons why it might not work. Let's talk about another one. The realistic factor, do you think that despite the rumors with all of the talk going on with the obvious likelihood that the 49ers are improved with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, do you think it's realistic? I don't. I, I mean, if I had to give you a percentage on realistic, it's probably like a 50-50 split. I mean, it's out there. It's 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 a rumor. It's a, it's a statement. It's a take. Um, so it's out there. Uh if I start to feel like the, it's trending more toward like an Aaron Rodgers type of situation, like if the Jets do really start bombing this deal and they're just not giving in to what the Green Bay Packers essentially want, um, it probably would start to become more realistic, right? Because now his chances are either going to he's going to stay in Green Bay, which he doesn't want to do, or he's going to get the hell out of Dodge. And maybe he does only want to play for a year or possibly two years. And what would be his best? chance to stick it to the damn Packers is definitely not the football the New York football Jets you go to an NFC team you see your old team if you have the chance to play them in a championship game or a playoff game and you literally stick it to Matt LaFleur and I think that's something that Aaron Rodgers may start to factor in even though he feels like he doesn't want to you know he's still pissed but how long can you be mad at a team that didn't draft you Aaron Rodgers if you're watching the show your boy Wayne Breezy needs you to grow the hell up I mean geez aren't we like the same age bro I, 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 oh man, it's time to grow up. Let that shit go, man. Like, dang, it was like ninety five thousand eight hundred and forty five billion years ago, and, and you won a chip. What's the problem? Go home. I think. Why I think a part of it is also Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he he didn't lost to us like four times. Is he, he going to do that? Uh, <laughs> oh, so you saying that? it's more salt? It's there's more salt I there. So. I, I mean, I got you. I think so. I, got you. I think I got so. You. I mean. Maybe he he has like a you know a KD kind of a career <laughs> revival where he's like can't beat him join him. I like uh, it. I don't think he we'll has see. that. That's the funny part. We'll see because he, he he plays the villain. You know what I mean? Yes, all the time. He's like yeah, yeah. he definitely plays the villain. Very very good. You should write about that. Aaron Rodgers plays the villain. I like that. But rumors are rumors. Aaron Rodgers is interesting. Let's go back to Kirk Cousins real quick. Kirk Cousins is an interesting situation. Florio says chatter. Uh, was there at the combine? What do you buy into this? I again, there's always going to be chatter. This is a, uh, it's it's a it's a Cinder. I don't want to say a Cinderella story, but it's some type of love story between these two guys. And uh, Kirk Cousins, what do you do? Restructure his contract, and so the contract situation, the money, the guaranteed on that base salary works really well for the 49ers. I think it's about like like ten million dollars. So. Essentially, that would be less than what they paid Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Uh, and so you can get Kirk Cousins in here. It's just crazy that I'm having this conversation. But this, to me, seems more realistic than the Aaron Rodgers. And I know it shouldn't. But this may, to me, entail trading a player. So, like, to me, this particular rumor, I feel like you're going to you're going to you're going to do right by trey lance and then you move on from trey lance and you get and you, you allow him to go back home to compete for for a spot and so like 
this might be a situation that just seems a little bit more realistic financially for the 49ers because they're not sitting there mortgaging a bunch of draft picks and and all that type of stuff. You might have to give up a draft pick, but on top of that, you're probably going to put in a player into that. And so they'll get a young quarterback on a young contract. That raises the value. Uh, it'll kind of start even stuff out, and it's possibility that this can be a scenario that actually happens, and that's so weird. But, again, it's Mike Florio, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. All right, there we go. But, I mean, when we talk about Kirk Cousins, I feel like the Combine's a place where teams talk. Like, teams just openly, willingly talk. Free agents openly, willingly talk. I think you hear a bunch of stuff. And, I mean, I think talk could originate more so on is Kirk Cousins, what's the plan with Kirk Cousins going forward? Could he become a free agent? Because, remember, the, the Vikings have done this thing where they've extended Kirk Cousins on a yearly basis in a way. And that kind of, that, that does potentially alter your plans maybe in the future where Kyle Shanahan hedging his bets in two years when the quarterback contracts are done, if neither works, could Kirk Cousins potentially be an option in his age, whatever, 34, 35 season to be the one-year quarterback? Maybe, maybe something along the lines of there. But again, while there might be chatter, chatter is chatter, right? It, it's tough to figure out whether one of these deals would be done and here I think is a good time to get into the reasoning of why it's tough. And I know you said 50-50 for Rodgers. I would go lower. And the reasoning is I think there are three prime reasons for both Rodgers and even Cousins. One, the 49ers just have $3 million in cap space at the moment. They've utilized that cap, signing guys like Javon Cargrave. And it makes it tough then for San Francisco to acquire enough money to keep Rodgers on the books, assuming his contract remains as is. Now, obviously, restructures can be done and things like that. But you also have to account for Rodgers not only this year, but also next year, where his cap hit significantly uh, has a significant increase as well. And so I think that there are a lot of factors like that. But the 49ers have to have to figure out how to fit him under the cap with their current situation, understanding that cap hits for each of their seven guys, their top guys, near over $17 million next year. It's really hard to kind of fit him on the books. But the more important reason I don't think the Packers trade him within the conference, let alone to the 49ers, who have been their rival uh, in the playoffs for, uh, for several years. I think that that could be an issue. And the 49ers have also publicly committed a couple of times now to their young quarterbacks. They have more clarity on Brock Purdy and still publicly committed to their quarterbacks. I think it's more likely at the moment, obviously, they roll with their young guys. Yeah, man, it, it makes sense that they roll with their young guys financially. But then again, it's a it's a lot of unknown because, again, it's not like you're getting Brock Purdy at the beginning of the year and he's going to pick up where he left off and you know exactly what you're going to get from Brock Purdy. Unfortunately for Brock, he ended up getting injured uh, in the NFC Championship game just for those that don't remember. So when he does and he is available to play, he is cleared to play or come back, then you still got to get him into the game, make sure he can make all the throws, do all these different... It's not going to be a super easy transition. If that didn't happen to Brock, we, not, we would not be having this conversation. Now, the reason why we're having the conversation is because Trey Lance is still not developed. Uh, they're going to have to allow Trey Lance to develop. And and look at the look at what the 49ers did. And this is why I feel like they, don't, they won't go with the Aaron Rodgers route or they won't go the Kirk Cousins route. Uh, because they don't need to, they can afford to let Trey Lance develop this year. They did it last year. Why can't they do it this year? Oh, the window's open now. Guys, we just made sure that our defense is the number one defense again. 
Think about what they're doing. You build the defense. You give this young kid multiple opportunities to get you into scoring position. The offense is built like a freaking uh, ox. Like, like, look at what the offense is. You got Christian McCaffrey here. He didn't ever play with Christian McCaffrey. Imagine Trey Lance, Christian McCaffrey, 11-on-11 football. Like, the defenses aren't going to really know what to do. Only issue with Trey Lance is can he execute? And the only way we're going to find out is if the kid plays. That's why I don't really see the issue. I don't see him and and really Sam Darnold really like having the battle. I think Trey Lance beats him by a freaking landslide. And then next thing you know, it's just going to be Trey Lance getting those live game reps and just continuing to develop over and over again. And let's go to week one. We don't know who we're playing week one. We don't even know where the hell we're playing week one. But I guarantee you, week one, if it's not a monsoon, Trey Lance is having a mother freaking field day. I can tell you that right now. That's what he's going to do. So I'm with you, uh, Rohan. We don't need these vets. But that's you and I. I don't know if the, if the, if the organization feels slightly different. Right. And, I mean, the one other thing you talk about, Trey Lance and week one, like I said, I mean, if you're going with Trey Lance, you're betting on his potential. But the one thing I've alliterated last week, and I think it's really important, is with Trey Lance, if you go with him, you're not betting on his potential in the future. You're betting on what is that quarterback looking like week 18. Because that is the guy who's going to get you. That is the guy who you're going to see in the playoffs. That is the guy who you believe can get to the Super Bowl. That's the reason the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, because when that development came in a year, uh, when that development came when he was playing, you'd see the development from week one to week 18. And by week 18, you'd think Trey Lance is the quarterback that can win you the Super Bowl. I think that that is what the 49ers believe. That's why right now I do have the confidence in Trey Lance, at least to be the week one starter. And on your point about, uh, not Brock Purdy, Sam Donald and Trey Lance, 49er fans should not be afraid of a competition. I know a lot of people are viewing it negatively. Right now, Trey Lance should absolutely have to beat Sam Donald out. That is my take. I, I think he has to beat Sam Donald out because at this point, after, after last year, say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where the injury is there, the unfortunate reality is he needs reps. The thing is, though, if he if he's competing with Sam Darnold, reps aren't being taken away. He's still, like, the first and second team quarterbacks get the reps equally. And also, the first and second team offenses mix in with the first and second team quarterbacks. So each quarterback gets a good amount of reps with the with with the first team offense and with the, because they want the backups to be able to play with the starters, some backup receivers to play with the starters, some backup, um, and then the backup quarterback gets a good amount of reps with the with the ones. I mean, you saw Brandon Ayuk 
And Nate Sudfeld, you saw Debo Samuel, when he returned to practice, he practiced with uh, Nate Sudfeld uh, at first before moving on to the first team and practicing a good amount with Trey Lance. So I, I, I'm not too worried about the rep distribution. And people, they get scared when they hear the word competition. But competition, competition happens every, regardless of whether you think about it or not. Uh, like, the example I gave was Nick Bosa. But I'll give any example. You talk about Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings right now is slotted in as wide receiver three. We believe he'll be wide receiver three. But best believe that people are coming for Jawan Jennings' spot. And if somebody looks better than Jawan Jennings, he'll get the spot. The, the anticipation, though, is that you believe a guy like Jawan Jennings will look good enough to be wide receiver three, which is why you don't believe it's a competition. Same with Trey Lance. If you're confident in Trey Lance, you should believe that he looks the part to be good enough to be quarterback one to the point where you don't really view it as a competition. It's just the way that it's kind of publicly stated. I think that there's no worry. Sam Donald, if, if, you're, if you're a guy who believes in Trey Lance, Trey Lance should absolutely beat out Sam Donald, and that means he'll be the week one starter at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you about the word competition. I mean, there's competition just about on, at every position, but, I mean, some you can push back because you did mention Nick Bosa, but there's no competition for Nick Bosa. They're not bringing anybody in here to compete against him. He's not in competition. But the point isn't that they're, they're not bringing anybody in. The point is that he like there's a first team guy and there's a second team guy and there's a third team guy and and I and I get that I get that point but the point that people are having the issues with when it comes to this quarterback type of competition so when you look at the the way that it is and and it could be just that the, the you know the team is you know evolving in a way or or our coaches evolving because last year there was no competition right even though there was competition right but th- it wasn't labeled yeah. a competition and I think that's what's confusing. That's fan base you like you know what i mean so last year it was trey lance was getting the keys there was no jimmy garoppolo because they they were trying to trade his behind and then next thing you know it was nate sudfeld and then then all of a sudden they couldn't trade jimmy garoppolo it's not like they brought jimmy garoppolo back because they wanted to bring him back they brought him back because they really had zero choices and luckily jimmy donye and uh, Yi and them and they came together and they worked out a one-year deal uh with some options in there and so it still wasn't a competition. Kyle Shanahan gave the keys to Trey Lance. But this year it's a little interesting because now all of a sudden the word competition comes out about the quarterback position. And so when you talk about competition, it's like, damn, if you gave Trey the opportunity last year without the competition, why doesn't he get why isn't he being looked at in the same way? What are you trying to say? Now, is competition great for, for the organization? Yes. Is it great and makes the competitiveness? Yes. Does it give you a better uh, uh, assessment on how you're going to distribute these guys? If you get a quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three, essentially, Rohan, I would like all our quarterbacks to compete, and they all look like quarterback ones. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that's the thing, because God forbid one goes out, the next one that comes in better not do what Josh Johnson did. You hear what I'm saying? So, like, I I get where you're going with it, but I also understand why people may feel some type of way. All of a sudden, there's competition for a kid that you gave the keys to already. So why are you taking the keys away? Brock Purdy can't play. So why are you taking the keys away? Why does he have to come in and compete? That's the question. And so... It, and that is fair. That yeah. is very fair. Understanding, like, while comp, like while my argument about competition, I believe is very true, you also have the stance of giving the keys. There hasn't been any change in the, in the, in the kid's play. 
in a, an offseason later when you have the opportunity to present him the keys due to an injury, you know, there's a, there's a change in stance from nothing where they really publicly stated last year, Jimmy isn't a guy who we're going to start. He's only coming in if injury occurs to your, your comp, you're competing with a QB three, Sam Donald. So I, I definitely agree what you mean there. Uh, and that's it, guys. It, and it, don't get it twisted, man. Competition is great. I mean, iron sharpeneth iron, right? And Trey Lance is welcoming the competition. Uh, you know, it may like I didn't understand the Sam Darnold free agent signing at first, but now I think I'm starting to understand where Kyle Shanahan is going with this. Do I feel like Trey Lance is an option to be traded? Yeah, because all the players are. Uh, but do I think do I think the 49ers are going to trade up? No. Uh, I think they're going to evaluate him and see what they can get out of him this year. And that's what you want to do. Unless, unless there's this crazy offer, Rohan, that just like, dang, I could get what for him? He ain't even play football? He's coming off an injury? You're willing to give me that? I mean, then you may entertain it. But other than that, the 49ers need to be all in on this kid uh, like they went all in to trade up to get him. And and so you're right. They're going to be assessing him and, and off of his potential. But I'm going to tell you right now, like, I believe in Trey. I believe everything that he – first of all, he's probably more of a student of the game than any of the quarterbacks that are on the roster, even Brock Purdy. But now he has to take what he knows, his knowledge, and apply it to the real life, to the real world, which is on the football field. And so we're going to hopefully get the chance to see that, you know, God forbid, there's football on Sundays. I agree. Real quick, I do want to get your thoughts on the drama signing. What do you mean when you initially um, – I thought we were going to go more like the veteran – type of quarterback that kind of like holds the clipboard. Oh, you need me to come in, coach? All right, no problem. One to kind of like continue to school the youngings. Uh, but now nah, he got a young kid. He he went out and got a, a former first round pick uh, that's had some, you know, some, you know, traumatic experiences in the NFL or whatnot. You know, he was seeing ghosts and all that type of stuff. But he was, again, a kid drafted high off of potential, right? Another kid that was drafted high off of potential. He just ended up with the New York Football Jets, who were a sorry team. Then he gets traded to the Carolina Panthers, a sorry team that we whipped a tail. So it is what it is. But you get what I'm saying? And so, like, there's still potential there. And so that's why they did it. But so my issue was, like, dang, like, do you not believe in Trey Lance? Because why would you go get another young guy that's based off of potential. Now you got two type of potential type of quarterbacks that you know can do some things, got pretty damn good high ceilings, but why not just get the savvy vet to come in here that if something was to happen, you're still all in on Brock, you're all in on Trey, that savvy vet can come in and fulfill a void for, for two to four games, you know? And that's kind of like how they used to do it. Brian Hoyer was that guy. Like, think about these older veterans that they've had in here. Now Kyle Shanahan is just saying, bump it. I just want the best quarterback out there, and 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 it is what it is. I don't care how old they are. So I wasn't all in on the Sam Darnold trade at uh, signing at first. Excuse me, in free agency, but once I started to understand the game plan and the mindset of what Kyle's trying to do as far as the competition, as far as like not really skipping a beat, that's kind of where it's starting to make sense. I mean, me personally, I wanted a kid. I wanted the the Marcus Mariota type, right? The guy that can win me two to four games. If something was to happen, I know he can win two to four games. Why? Because he's able to do some things that, you know, defenses still can't stop. Is he an accurate thrower? Hell no. But he can be accurate 
and he was pretty accurate against the San Francisco 49ers. I think his first incompletion didn't come into like damn near the second half. So there, you, you did see spurts, but he did also walk on his team, but and he didn't get paid much more than Sam Darnold. So that's why I was kind of confused or the Andy Dalton route or one of those guys. I thought they were going to go with the older veteran. Instead, they went with the younger veteran. I like how you bring up Marcus Mariota. I think he was a very interesting case. I think looking back at free agency, it was clear the 49ers wanted to get that third quarterback kind of wrapped up. They, they wanted to ensure that they had the option, one of their top options. And I wouldn't have been surprised, <coughs> excuse me, wouldn't have been surprised if Marcus Mariota was on that board. It seemed, though, given the way that Mariota's free agency went, that he was expecting a bigger deal or maybe a two-year deal similar to the one he got with Las Vegas, maybe two years 16, which is why he waited before signing with the Philadelphia Eagles on what I believe was a little bit of a later day in free agency. But the contract he got with the Eagles, one year, five million, pretty cheap, given that Donald's cap hit for this year is 3.9 million, especially understanding how Mariota runs uh, in a similar way with that zone uh yeah. type of scheme. I mean he yeah. played with Arthur Smith. So definitely interesting there. It it was it was weird that they didn't go that route. And so I mean it must have had something to do with I guess it's just off the field antics or something like that. Or it just could have had to do with they wanted a younger guy. I think it was I think it was more so money where the 49ers weren't prepared to give him the money. Mariota wanted more and then settled for less after ah, realizing that it was okay. Okay, I could dig that. And that makes perfect sense because when you're going through this carousel of free agency, I mean you don't take the first offer that's thrown at you. You know, that that's bad, that's bad business on your behalf. And so you're probably right. The 49ers have a set number. Guys, in free agency, the 49ers have a number that they will pay a player for their position. It's not a number that the player wants. I could tell you that right now. But if you want a chance to win, you're going to join this organization, you'll take that number. Mariota was like, hell nah. And then we signed our guy. And next thing you know, Mariota's like, oh, shoot, I may not have a job. <laughs> and so here come the Eagles. Another team with high chances of winning. Next thing you know, he scoops up and gets that extra one and a half million dollars. So it's not, it's not, it wasn't that much of a difference in the money, but you're right. We don't know what the the, the interactions were between the Niners, if there were interactions between Niners and Marcus Mariota's agents. Yeah, I agree. I do like this question here or this comment here from uh Gregus Khan talking about they have a veteran in Brian Greasy. What do you think about that? Kind of him, obviously, a former NFL quarterback who's the quarterback's coach, him being the veteran in the room, does that kind of alleviate some of the concerns that you yourself had about potential veterans not being there with such a young group? Uh, it's a little different, though. Um, I know everybody feels like, you know, Brian Greasy could be the guy with the clipboard and things like that. But he's also not the guy going out there on the football field, and he hasn't in a long time. Do I love the Brian Greasy uh, signing and hire? Absolutely. I was the first one advocating it when we did it because he's a former Michigan guy, and I was trying to tell everybody that he's a quarterback first. So you're going to get a really good high IQ thinker out there coaching your quarterbacks. And I think that's kind of what you want. Why would you want uh, a lineman uh, that was naturally alignment, like coaching quarterbacks. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Get a guy that played the actual position, that knows the nuances of the position, the ins and outs, the ebbs and flows, and then let him learn the job. And I think that's kind of like what it was. So I kind of agree with uh, Greg Khan. They do have a veteran in Brian Greasy, but again, he's not that veteran that's going to have to suit up. God forbid you lose quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback, you know, whatever. He's still going to be on the sideline. 
So, like, I thought the veteran would be a much, you know, a guy that they don't necessarily have to depend on using. Listen, what happened to the San Francisco 49ers, Rohan, was an anomaly. It's never happened to any other team. I don't see it happening ever again, at least for another 15 years. Maybe there was a, a, an eclipse last year that I don't know about, but it was something weird how we lost three quarterbacks in one season. Never seen that before. So I don't think that's ever going to happen ever again. But I think the 49ers will be prepared. And again, you got to ask yourself this question because Brock Purdy, in my opinion, is going on the PUP. And so who's going to be this next quarterback? Like Kyle Shetty wanted three quarterbacks in there. So we possibly can still sign one of those veteran free agents a little bit later. Once they feel like, oh, man, ain't nobody trying to give me a job. Kyle Shetty will be like, yo, here go like a, a million two. You can come play for it. So we still can get that type of a veteran or they can go with the UDFA um, or they can draft the quarterback. So there's still options out there for them to get that guy. But I do like. Brian Greasy, man. I think he's a breath of fresh air. He's light years to me. And the reason why I'm saying that he's light years over Rich Scangarella is the simple fact that he made Jimmy Garoppolo better. It looked like Trey Lance was going to be just fine. We, we're, 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 we're grading him off of a monsoon game. Like, literally, you wanted him to be highly accurate in that terrain. That's that's almost impossible. Justin Fields wasn't nowhere near as accurate as Trey Lance. He just made one big play, and it kind of got them back in the game. <laughs> Brock Purdy came in. It didn't look like he was a rookie, right? So you got to chalk some of these things up to what Brian Greasy did and how he got his quarterbacks prepared. Didn't matter who you were. Didn't matter if you were a rookie, second year, third year, 25th year. He got those guys prepared. So Brian Greasy is, is definitely a check plus in my book. I mean, I agree. Brian Greasy, he was a signing where I know a lot of people did not like initially. They didn't. They did not. And I know we talked about it, and it was wait and see. I mean, the the number one thing we said back then was, you got to give the benefit of the doubt to Kyle Shanahan when it comes to coaching hires. He has continuously nailed those coaching hires. Scangarella was not a good coaching hire, but he continuously uh, nailed the coaching hire kind of cycle and that's something that i mean the 49ers now are reaping the benefits of you saw the development not only with brock party but also with jimmy garoppolo which many people thought was not possible potentially thinking that jimmy garoppolo could lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl if he got healthy if he remained healthy and so there's certainly benefit there and i think there's also a value of having guys in the room who have played in the league before yes, i think sir. kyle shanahan understands that because his top three guys um, in terms of Leonard Hankerson, a wide receivers coach, um, Greasy himself, the quarterbacks, quarterbacks coach, I, they've all kind of played in the NFL before. And I think that that, that, that that showed the value of it last year. Yeah, it definitely showed the value. And it also helps like show validity, right? So like when you have a coach that actually played the game and, and Greasy has a Super Bowl ring. So when you look at that, it's just like, oh, snap, like, they did it for real. They they did what we're trying to do and what we're doing right now. It kind of gives you that validity to where, like, you know what? Maybe I should listen to this guy. He's more of the expert. I know I know everything, but he probably knows a little bit more than what I know. So, you know, and that's the one thing I love about our players, right? We're staying young and they're coachable. They're, they're moldable. Think about the guys on the team. How many veterans are on this team? Literally. Like Eric Armstead. <laughs> like, uh, like literally, like, 
they, Jimmy Ward is gone. Eric Armstead is now the longest tenured player. And then, and, and Fred Warner. So you got Eric Fred, uh, George Kittle. Like those are now your new wave of vets. And, and it's so amazing because they're so tied into the 49er culture. I mean, I, I, you could say Trent Williams uh, as well, but those are the guys that are the culture. They're, they're, they're the guys that are the pillars, in my opinion, for this organization. So when you get those type of coaches that actually play the game, players can kind of like just have this almost innate connection to them. Like, you know what I mean? Even our, lineback like our linebackers coach, like, like they have this innate connection. And I think that's what made uh, D'Amico Ryan super successful because he played the game at a, such an elite level, all pro rookie of the year type of caliber uh, of a player. And now he's uh, he, he was defensive coordinator of the year. And, uh, you know, it, possibly he's going to coach his team uh, somewhat to some type of championship out in Houston. So you're right. I, I You say we, we said give Kyle the benefit of the doubt. That's so spot on because when has he ever really missed on coaching? And when you look at his coaches, they're always somewhere else after the first two, three years. They're they're head coaching different teams. So I, I trust Kyle Shanahan on who he picks to come in here as his staff to help coach these young men. Now, what we do need to accept, though, Rohan, are the growing pains at the beginning of the season when those coaches that are new aren't on the same page. That's okay. That's going to be our stigma for years to come. We have to learn how to just accept it. So, no, we don't want to lose week one. But if we do, just understand the coaches are trying to become one. They're trying to get on the same page as their head coach, understand the vision. They have to buy all into it. They're also trying to show off and do their things. But it's going to be a little, a few growing pains. I wanted to add a little bit about the Scangarella thing because you said it was a bad hire. It's Go so funny. It. It's so funny because, yes, the second hire was bad, but the first hire, he kind of helped Jimmy Garoppolo be good. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but Jimmy was good. And then he left. Then Jimmy got hurt and then Jimmy sucked and then Jimmy got better. And it's, maybe he's just a Jimmy guy. Like, I, I I don't know, but apparently he's not even coaching in college anymore. I'm not sure what his, what his status is. Cause he ain't good. Cause he's not he ain't good. good. Okay, there it is. No. There it is. That higher. <laughs> Enough on him though. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right on what you said about Reese and I mean, the whole way the 49ers operate things. And that's why it was in Tekel that they kept Chris Kosarek this year, which they were able to do. They retained him. He did not go to Houston, where he's originally from. They kept him. He's not on the staff of uh, D'Amico Ryans. But the one interesting thing that I do want to talk about that you allude to, the year-by-year turnover with the coaching staff, do you think that that has a direct impact on the slow starts because the coaches are kind of getting in a group together? What do you think? I do. I mean, as, as a teacher, you know, well, uh, I'm not going to say I'm a former teacher because once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher, but I just didn't uh, teach this particular school year. But as a teacher, there you get new staff every year. And, um, you know, your principal and the administrators, they have a game plan, but, you know, it's not micromanaged, right? So you have your game plan from your principal, which is your head coach or whatnot. And then, you know, you have your, your assistant uh, you know, co uh, principals, which are your assistant coaches, your coordinators or whatever, to kind of like coordinate you through different things. But when you get all these new players and new people coming together, you know, to 
manage the kids. Let's say the teachers are your like your coaches or whatever. When you're trying to get these kids on to a certain thing or a certain level, like it's not always easy peasy at the beginning of the year. First, you got to evaluate your kids. You got to see where they are. You got to kind of get them, you know, and that's what the what the coaches have to do with their players. Right. They have to assess them. They have to pre-assess them. All right. Luckily, they get OTAs and they get spring uh, training, not spring training, uh, what do you call it in football? But you know what I'm trying to say. Training camp and you get all those yeah. different things to assess these players. But you can assess them in that. that. None of that shit matters until they get out on a football field. And there's not enough preseason games to do that. And then when they get onto the football field, that's when the real assessment comes. Because now you narrowed it down to your top 53. And then you got your practice squad and blah, 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 blah. But what I'm saying to say this, oh, just expect the slow starts. Because Kyle Shanahan is losing these professionals to go to other teams to gain higher positions. So he has to replace them. They're not, even though they buy in on the vision of the head coach, it doesn't mean it's going to work like a well-oiled machine right away. It's just not, it, 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 it can't, it shouldn't. If it does, damn, then they made a great adjustment and quick turnaround. But I'm going into the beginning of the seasons from now on, not saying I'm lowering my expectations, but I'm factoring that in uh, because if you look at that week one game against the Bears and then, you know, you say to yourself, dang, like, how do we literally lose this game? And we can blame it on the monsoon, but how about our coaches just didn't have those players like they we made boo boo mistakes, bro, like boneheaded, dumb penalty mistakes, too. And then we give up a big play. So even in the monsoon, in my opinion, Trey Lance was playing well enough for the team to win. It's just that we couldn't close it out. And so that comes down to coaching. It comes down to coaching not having their players prepared for every type of scenario. I don't think these new coaches can do that right away. So you you bank in the players just playing and doing their damn thing and hoping it's a blowout and you ain't got to worry about the, you know, the little discrepancies or the flaws you may have as a new coach with the San Francisco 49ers. So just give it some time, but once it gels, Rohan, that's when you see the streak and that's when we just take off. It's like we hit a button. We've and seen it. You're right. We've seen it. Now, one other question here I see from a comment Relating to Brian Greasy, let's go to the draft. Do you think the 49ers should draft a rookie quarterback this year, understanding where they are with their quarterback situation? Yeah, I mean, they have 11 picks. And I I, I feel like they're going to draft a quarterback, but it's also going to come down to who's who falls to them. And so when you hear the story about Brock Purdy, you know, they had a fifth-round grade on him. Luckily, he was sitting in the seventh round. Nobody wanted him. The 49ers, are, they play a game. They play a serious game of Russian roulette when it comes to the draft. They have, it's the same way they do free agency, right? They have a number and they're going to spend this number on this position. And if that player wants to be a part of this organization, they'll accept it. And if not, they don't budge. They really budge. They're the same way in the draft, right? So they'll put a grade on this particular player. And so when you look at Brock Purdy, for example, he had a fifth round grade on him, right? That's what they had on him. Guess what? Brock Purdy was about to go undrafted. So they felt like they got a steal by getting a player they had a fifth-round grade on, which they usually hit on their what picks? Fifth-round picks. Right? Yes, sir. 
that. And so with that being said, you probably seen yourself, damn, why is Brock Purdy so good? He should have been a fifth round pick. It's just that they got him in the seventh round because nobody else wanted him. So do I think they're going to get a quarterback? Yeah, there are tons of quarterbacks out there uh, that comes with the skill set to uh, efficiently run a Kyle Shanahan type of an offense. So it's going to be very interesting. The question is, will that quarterback go undrafted again? Because they don't have to necessarily reach if their guy is available and they had a high grade on them. So pay attention to how pay attention to that if you're going to be watching the draft. Pay attention to how they evaluate these guys. And if they're available in the seventh round and they were supposed to go earlier, that guy will get drafted. I mean, I agree. And one other thing I'll say about the rookie quarterback, this year's class is a lot different than last year. Brock Purdy was not supposed to go in the seventh round. Like you said, he was a fourth, fifth-round talent, maybe even higher depending on how you felt about your draft board. It was a weak quarterback class last year, but moreover, it was a really strong depth class. When really strong depth classes happen, there are these, the, I mean, players slide. You saw guys who you believe should go in the third, fourth round end up going undrafted or even in the sixth, seventh round. And so because of that, Teams want to capitalize on the value. They might have claimed Brock Purdy, which is why they kept him on the roster. I didn't necessarily – it's not that I disagreed, but I didn't necessarily think that that was, the, that was going to be the case. I thought Brock Purdy would be cut and go to the practice squad. And boy, was I wrong. But this year, it's different. It's not the stronger – it's not as strong of a quarterback class in the later rounds, and it's also not as deep of a class. So those that you select in the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, they've got like a chance of going – Two waivers because you might they might not be NFL quarterbacks right now. But as Greg Scott says here, utilize the advantage of having a good staff capable of developing with Brian Greasy. Have them on the practice squad because what does that mean? You're the scout quarterback. So you've got definitely a lot of options. And so to me, that's where I think, yeah, definitely draft one, especially if you stay with eleven picks, because then it's their by draft one, I mean either take one in the draft or sign an undrafted guy. Develop them as the practice squad quarterback. Because the 49ers are going to have a practice squad quarterback. They always carry one. Jake DeBeeson was it last year. Go ahead and get one. Draft uh, via the draft or via undrafted free agency. Develop that guy. And that's that's the route you go for the offseason. Agreed 100%. And the only time I feel like they'll sign some type of a – uh, a free agent, like a more of a veteran type of a quarterback, is if something happens to any one of the quarterbacks on their current roster. So there's going to be guys available throughout the year. So just stay tuned. I do not expect the 49ers to lose their any quarterbacks this year. I just it's just not the position that they're going to lose. I just feel like that's. I know we deal with injuries every year. It just won't be the quarterback position. I just got this funny feeling. That's the hope, man. That's the hope. That's the hope. Got to have faith. <laughs> but hey, Wayne. This was a great show. Great Thank talk. you for bearing with me with the airport uh, here today. But no. uh, hey, everybody in the chat today, y'all would y'all y'all definitely appreciate you guys. Everyone that came in before we got on out, I do want to give a quick shout out to everybody that joined in. I did see uh, Brandon of his podcast, Mariah joined in. Thank you guys, Slick sixty eight, even Romilia. We'll, we'll give you a shout out today. We'll give you a shout out because you tuned in. No Border Sports, Greg is Khan. Thank you for your comments. The Young Montana, thank you for tuning in. All of you guys that are here, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Emiliano's there. Uh, Sacktown Izzy's there. Any others? I think that is all. So, yeah, all of you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. All of your comments, we really appreciate it. Anytime you guys add 
to the uh, conversation. Wayne, any last thoughts before we head on out today? Ah, man, great show. I appreciate you for hopping on while you were at the airport, man, and, and setting this up so we can come out here and, and talk some Niner talk, man. It's always good to chop it up with you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to his channel. Uh, and, you know, if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go ahead and give him a subscribe. Hit that like button as well. That's even more important to me than the subscription. So hit that like button. Rohan exactly. is doing a tremendous job out there, guys. Yeah. And, I mean, appreciate the chat. No, I appreciate you guys. You guys tune in. You guys make us uh, do what we want to do. You guys uh, kind of – you guys lift the room pretty much. We're here talking football. You guys add to the conversation. So win-win. Thank you, guys. Wayne, make sure to go subscribe to him because he's got some fun content coming out later in a few days. So make sure you guys go check that out. But without further ado, guys, we will see you guys next time. I'll be back home in Wisconsin for that next show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.